when you find yourself in a crisis with no clear solution. Remember, God's love is more powerful than anything that can happen to you. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah wraps up his series, Romans 8, the greatest chapter in the Bible, with a look at the encouraging promises in the closing verses. Listen now as David introduces today's message, More Than Conquerors. Well, thank you for joining us. We have heard this phrase most of our lives if we're veteran Christians, what it means to be more than a conqueror. But until you dig into what it really means in the text, it doesn't nearly uh, achieve what you what what you're going to experience in these next few minutes as you understand what it means to be more than a conqueror. I'm David Jeremiah. I have this wonderful privilege of opening the scripture with you every day, and today we're going to finish up this little uh, mini tour that we've taken of the 8th chapter of Romans. We've called this the greatest chapter in the Bible. And uh, I know somebody might want to argue with that. I know a lot of people think that uh, Isaiah 53 is the greatest chapter in the Bible. So maybe we should say Romans 8 is the greatest chapter in the New Testament. Isaiah 53 is the greatest chapter in the Old Testament. And uh, these are two chapters from the Word of God that truly enrich you as you understand what they mean. Uh, today we're going to finish up by talking uh, through uh, Romans eight thirty-seven to 39. So get your Bibles, and if you have the study guide, you can join us there as well. During the month of November, we are making available to all of you who will help us with the gift to help underwrite the cost of airtime and production. We're making available this beautiful journal. It's the Romans Written Word Journal. It's put together in such a way as to enable you to write out the book of Romans in your own handwriting. And we've had many, many people that have done I mentioned to you the other day, we, we distributed thousands of these to our congregation here in San Diego. I don't have any statistics as to how many people did this, except I got so many emails and personal conversations of people who said, writing out the book of Romans was life-changing for me. I want you to have that opportunity. I think you'll have a good time in the Word of God as you write out the book of Romans. And you can get your journal during the month of November by simply asking for it when you send your gift. Well, we're ready for this last lesson from the Romans 8 series. Here is Paul telling us about what it means to be more than conquerors. And the last section of Romans 8, we're going to discover a force that is so powerful that it will conquer the worst things that could possibly happen to you. In fact, this force is so all-encompassing that nothing lives outside of its walls. Open your heart to the incredible possibility that whatever's going on in your life, God is more powerful than that, and that his love is unquenchable, unstoppable, and will never let you go. The story begins at the last couple of verses of Romans chapter 8, where we read in verse 37 these words. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Now, 
The word more than conquerors is three words in the English language, but in the Greek language from which this was translated, it's one word. It's a big, long word. The word is hypernikomen. Now, most of us know what hyper is. If you've got any two-year-olds, you know what hyper is. <laughs> hyper is kind of like out of control, over the top. The middle word in this long word is the word Nike. If you're a sports person, you know that word. The word means victory. That's what the word Nike means. So hyper Nike, that means hyper victory. So the Bible says you and I are hyper victorious over all these things. We are more than conquerors. And Paul's not talking here about something that will happen to us. He's talking about things that are happening to us right now. In the midst of these things, we are more than conquerors. And we're not merely conquerors. We're not just neutralizing the things that happen to us. Paul says, no, we're overcoming them. We're overwhelming them more than conquerors so that whether it's death or life or angels or principalities or things present or things to come, whatever it is that's going on in our life, because of God's love for us, we can overcome that. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We're not simply enabled by his love to hold on. Neither is this the case that we'll just manage this and get through it somehow. How many of you know that's the way a lot of Christians approach their life? Well, how's it going for you? Well, we're doing okay. We're just hanging on. We'll get through it somehow. No, Paul says it's got to be more than that if you understand what he's teaching. Because of what God tells us about his love for us, he gives us the strength to overcome things that we would never, ever be able to overcome. I was taught to study the Bible from the English language by a professor named Howard Hendricks when I was in seminary, and he called his course Inductive Bible Study. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail about that, except that he taught us to look for things that jumped out at us because they were repeated. And if you look at Romans 8, you'll notice that in the 28th verse of Romans 8, it says, and we know that all things work together for good. And then you get down to verse 31, and it says, what shall we say to these things? And then you get to verse 37, and it says, yet in all these things. Now, what is he talking about? How many of you know life is made up of a lot of things? And most of us know right now, when somebody says, how are things with you? You know they're talking about, how's life going? What kind of things is Paul talking about? He's talking about storms and peril, and he's talking about famine and persecution and nakedness. He's talking about the sword. In fact, he even says, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. Paul was literally saying every day he faced death. He's saying all these things that I've listed, all of this long list, we can be more than conquerors when these things happen. So, How do we go about proving that to ourselves? Paul says that he is persuaded that this is true. He said, I am persuaded that we are more than conquerors. Are you persuaded of that? Are you bouncing around these days with all this stuff that's happening to us? Are you hitting the wall? (laughs) Are you wondering, where did that come from and now what do I do? Well, he's going to teach us some things about God's love. But before we look at his methodology, 
Let me tell you a brief story. George Matheson was born in Scotland in 1842, and as a child, he had just partial vision. It was pretty obvious when he was born that he had visual problems. By the time he was 18, he was totally blind. He did not let his blindness get in his way in terms of his student ability. He graduated from the University of Glasgow. He later graduated from seminary. He actually became a pastor, and he was a pastor of several churches and ultimately a very large church in Edinburgh. There in that church, he was greatly loved and revered. He was a wonderful pastor. During the early days of his time in Edinburgh, he met a young woman, and he fell in love with her. He thought she had fallen in love with him. They went together for a short time, and then she came to him and told him that she had decided that she could not be married to a blind man for the rest of her life, and it just about destroyed him. It was so painful. What a disappointment. And out of that, he wrote a beautiful little song. And you probably have never heard this song. I grew up in a church where this would often be sung as a solo from time to time. And I don't think the words of the song will stick with you, but the first line will. Here's what he wrote. O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. So broken by the loss of the love of this woman, he fell back on the love of God, and this is what he said, and I love this line, O love that will not let me go. And I want to tell you about the love that will not let you go. Paul is going to prove this to us in a very interesting way. It will surprise you to know, and it will just shock you to know, that when I was in college, I was an English major. Please forgive my teachers for not doing a better job. Please forgive me for not being a better student, but that's the truth. I was an English major. And I learned in English, there are English motifs, there are English tools that help you. And one of them, it's called a merism. I'm pretty sure most of you have never heard that word unless you're an English teacher. What is a merism? Well, it's a way that in English you state a pair of contrasting words to represent the full range of everything in between. Here's a good illustration. He knows his subject from A to Z. That's a merism. What does that mean? He knows everything in between. Now, Paul's going to use five of those statements to prove to us the answer to the question you find earlier in the text, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He's going to teach us in this text that no one or nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Here's the first one. Not the crisis of death, nor the calamities of life. In the text he says, neither death nor life. Paul said, Who's going to separate you from God? Neither life nor death can do that. Paul knew about death. He's the one that wrote 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, death, where is your sting? Paul wasn't afraid to die. He actually said 
in Philippians, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He wasn't afraid to die. Paul knew something. He knew that death cannot separate you from Christ or from God because what death does, it ushers you into the full glory of his presence. Death doesn't take you away from God. Death ushers you into his very presence. So death can't separate you from God. And if death cannot separate us, what about life? I know that some of you probably during these recent days have wondered if God still loves you. So many things are going on. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you got sick and didn't know if you're going to get better. Maybe you have friends that have gotten sick, family members. And you wonder, where is God in all of this? Does he still love me? Paul says, death can't separate you and life can't separate you from the love of God. Neither burdens or bitterness or disappointments or uncertainties or physical misery. All of these things could pull one away from Christ if he were not in control. But here's what you need to remember, men and women. This story is not about our love for God. It's about God's love for us. If it were the other way around, you could understand, oh yeah, these things can keep you from loving God. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about how much God loves you and what it would take for him to ever stop. Here's what we've learned so far. Not the crisis of death and not the calamities of life. Paul goes on to say, Not the intervention of angels or the intrusion of demons. He says, neither angels nor principalities. Most writers believe when he's talking about angels here, he's talking about evil angels because I can't imagine any good angel that would want to pull you away from the love of God. Why can't angels pull you away from God's love? Because angels report to God. They are in submission to him. He's the one that runs the angelic force. And demons cannot overcome him because he is more powerful than they are. Lucifer and the full range and ranks of forces in between do not have sufficient power to break the hold of God's love upon his children. Oh, love that will not let me go. Angels and principalities cannot destroy us because God protects us. They are powerless in the shadow of his love. So it's not the crisis of death, nor the calamities of life, not the intervention of angels, nor the intrusion of demons. Here's the third one. Not the cares of today or the concerns of tomorrow, nor things present, nor things to come. Now, this is a concern along a horizontal line. Paul says, on the continuum between the present and the future, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There's a woman who has written a lot, and I have read a lot that she's written, and I've always been blessed when I read it. Her name is Ruth Harms Kalkin. Listen to her prayer that understands what we're learning. Here's what she prayed. God, I may fall flat on my face. I may fail until I feel old and beaten and done in. Yet your love for me is changeless. All the music may go out of my life. My private world may shatter to dust. Even so, you will hold me in the palm of your steady hand. No turn in the affairs of my fractured life can baffle you. Satan, with all his braggadocia, cannot distract you. Nothing can separate me from your measureless love. Pain can't. Disappointment can't. Anguish can't. Yesterday, today, tomorrow can't. The loss of my dearest love can't, death can't, 
Life can't. Riots, war, insanity, hunger, neurosis, disease, none of these things, nor all of them heaped together, can budge the fact that I am dearly loved, completely forgiven, and forever free through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Wouldn't that be a prayer to pray every day? (laughs) We've already discovered that the things in the present can't disarm us because we learn God is for us. Who can be against us, right? And Jesus came and spoke to them, and he said, All authority has been given unto me. Why can't any of these things get through? Because they all are under the authority of Almighty God. They're in submission to him. He has determined to love us, and no one can release his grip upon that love. Not the crisis of death or the calamities of life, not the intervention of angels or the intrusion of demons, not the cares of today or the concerns of tomorrow. Listen to this one. Not the pinnacle of heaven nor the pit of hell, nor height nor depth. Paul says, not anything so high or so deep can ever separate you from the love of God. What does that mean? Well, imagine traveling millions and millions of miles upward into the heavens, straight up into the deep space till you reach the outer edge of the Milky Way galaxy. It's impossible that the suns and the nebulae or the novas you would see out there would pose any threat to God's love for you. Neither would you find such a threat if you turned around and drilled downward into the hot core of the earth. This is a concern along a vertical line. If time cannot separate us from God's love, neither can space. Psalm 139 tells us there's nowhere we can ever go to get beyond God's love. Or in the words of heavyweight champion Joe Lewis, we can run, but we can't hide. God has every inch of the universe covered. He made it. He's the Lord of it. His love is deeper and wider, and all the dimensions of creation can never get in the way of his love for you and me. Not the crisis of death or the calamities of life, not the intervention of angels or the intrusion of demons, not the cares of today or the concerns of tomorrow, not the pinnacle of heaven or the pit of hell. Here's my favorite one of all because it's everything we've already said in one merism. Not anything mighty nor anything made. Paul said it this way, nor powers nor any other created thing. Paul ends his lists of the things that cannot separate us from the love of God with a handy catch-all phrase, nor any other created thing. It's almost like Paul is saying, and if I have forgotten anything so far, if I have left anything out that you might think could separate you from the love of God, if there's anything still laying on the table, let me take care of it here. Not any created thing can ever separate you from the love of God. We are Christians, and we have trouble. And this verse is not telling us that if we're Christians, we won't have trouble. God's pledge is not that suffering will never afflict us, but that it will never separate us from God's love. In fact, we have discovered, have we not, that in the midst of suffering, in the midst of trials, in the midst of deep-seated difficulties, we find God in a way we could never find him in times of prosperity. When we are in the deepest need, he comes to us in a way that we can't even explain. It's that peace that passes all understanding. 
Our confidence is not in our love for him. Men and women, our confidence is in his love for us. In the words, George Matheson, his love will never let us go. He will never let you go. He loves you. You cannot get out of the grip of his love. If you're a Christian, if you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you're in the family of God. Father God has your back. He has your hands. He's got you, and you will never escape from his love. You know, often when you study the Bible, you find passages of Scripture that illustrate other passages of Scripture. I want you to join me in reading Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is a wonderful psalm, and let me just tell you up front that it is the portion of Scripture from which Martin Luther wrote, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. He wrote that from this passage of Scripture. So we're going to read that passage of Scripture out loud so that it will imprint itself in your heart. This is the New King James Version of the Scripture. Read it authoritatively. Let's read it out loud together. Let's read it like we really need it, and then let's hear it like it meets that need. Are you ready? Here we go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, Though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Perhaps the finest of Luther's great hymns, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Its majestic and thunderous proclamation of our faith is a singing symbol of the Reformation. Inspired by Psalm 46, Luther caught up in the hymn the very essence of faith which he found in the psalm. Throughout the ages, men have been stirred by the realization that the eternal God is available to them and that nothing, literally nothing, can overwhelm or destroy a man when he lives in his faith. Nothing can separate him from the love of his God. Amen. Amen. Inseparable, you and God. Inseparable, me and God. That's what the scripture says. Well, hey, this is Friday. I want to encourage you all to make it a special determination in your life to get to church, uh, be a part of the solutions in your church, not a part of the problems. Uh, be someone who goes to encourage others and uh, be a blessing and serve. 
And remember turning points on television in your community. If we're on during your church time, your priorities are clear. Go to church, DVR Turning Point. Don't do it the other way. You can't DVR church. you got to be there. So um, I, I really want you to understand the priorities of life as I get them from the Bible are do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. So be the first one from your family to get up and say, we're going to church today. And then um, as we conclude this series on the book of Romans, I, I want to remind you, you can get the study guide. You can get the CD package from Turning Point. You can go to davidjeremiah.org and see a whole array of resources available, including information about our tour to Israel uh, in March of next year and our Caribbean conference cruise at the end of this year in December. I hope you have a great weekend. We look forward to being with you again on Monday right here on this good station. The message you just heard originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. If Turning Point is making a difference in your life, let us know. Write to Turning Point for God of Canada. P.O. Box 18098 Delta BC V4L2M4 Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300 Ask for your copy of Romans The Written Word Journal designed by David to help you know God's Word more deeply. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard New International and New King James versions available in your choice of handsome cover options. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we begin a series of Thanksgiving-themed messages on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Are you looking for an effective tool for studying the scriptures? Dr. David Jeremiah has created an incredible new resource to help you do just that. The Bible tells us again and again to write down God's Word, and it's a practice that has personally transformed my study of scripture. That is why I have created the first, the Written Word Journal, so that you can join me in this powerful practice. I promise you, as you follow God's command to copy Scripture by hand, your study of God's Word will be stronger than ever. Here's more. This journal helps you create your own copy of Paul's letter to the Romans. On one side, you'll write selections from Romans word for word. On the other side, you'll record your thoughts, reflections, and prayers. When you donate any amount to support Turning Point, the written word journal is yours. If you give $60 or more, you'll receive the Romans 8 set, including this teaching series on CD or DVD and study guide. Order the book or the complete set at davidjeremiah.ca. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. The great statesman Edmund Burke was no stranger to political battles, but he was thankful for his adversaries. He that wrestles with us, Burke wrote, strengthens our nerves and sharpens our skill. Our antagonist is our helper. 
conflict can have a positive outcome. It certainly did for the Apostle Paul. When he was opposed by a group of false apostles in Corinth, trying to put a wedge between Paul and the church, he would have preferred for God to remove them. Instead, God showed Paul how to depend even more on the power of Christ. Paul's enemies became his helpers as he grew spiritually stronger. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's purposes in conflict on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.